Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NFC and the AFC Championship games, the results of those now. New England and Philadelphia are now in the Super Bowl, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about the NBA and the drama that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. What trades, if anything, if any, can the Cleveland Cavaliers make uh, to get them out of this dysfunction, this, 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 this problem that they have as far as the team unity is concerned and to get them back on the right track? My co-hosts, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross, join me, Al Qualls, and that's right now on Guys Talking Sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love, all the support, everybody that subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube. We're everywhere. We're live. And so, um, quick shout out to everybody. But we're going to get started. I um, want to introduce my co host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. So, what's going on, fellas, man? How you guys doing? Living the dream, drinking sparkling cider. Wait, say that again? I'm sorry, we didn't catch you on that. <laughs> I said living the dream and drinking sparkling cider. I'm just having good old-fashioned what the Lord blessed us with before he turned into wine. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have my water with me, so I'm, I'm ready to go. So, of course, we're going to talk about what happened with the NFL Championship Series is all set. Super Bowl is all set. Um, you have, of course, the New England Patriots in the hall again, and now you have the Philadelphia Eagles, who, with a, a convincing win over the Minnesota Vikings, um, New England Patriots, you know, with that comeback as well over the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're just going to get started and talk about this. Um, real quick, want to get your guys' takes on both the AFC and the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. And let's also get your predictions. So we're just going to just, just talk about it and just go right to it. So who goes first? Uh, yeah, so I was totally wrong with my predictions. Uh, I wanted the Vikes, Jaguars, Super Bowl. The Jaguars, you know, they uh, – they, they, uh, they imploded and turned around and just played a, a real tentative, soft second half. And Vikings just totally just disappointed. So, well, I will watch the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Uh, my eyes may be watching, but my heart and mind is bullet counting. Well, I have to say it was, um, you know, pretty, at least one good game. The other one was, uh, was over by halftime or at least, you know, very soon after halftime. But, um, you know, you know, I picked the, I picked the Eagles because I thought the Eagles matched up a lot better, you know, with the Vikings per se. I just didn't think they'll have such an offensive explosion. I mean, um, I mean, it was, I thought when the Vikings went down on their first drive and scored seven, I was like, okay, we got a game going here. I was like, looks good. And then after that interception ran in for a touchdown, it was like the wheels started just rolling right off and it's like everything that, that could have went wrong for the Minnesota Vikings went wrong for the Minnesota Vikings. And Case Keenum looked like the Case Keenum in that fourth quarter of the Saints game. He just couldn't do anything. I mean, I guess you have, you have to give, the Philadelphia Eagles front seven some 
some credit. I mean, they really collapsed the pocket, rushed right up the front, didn't give Case Keenum time to really get set and throw. And then when he did, he was getting hit, pushed, and, you know, he threw some, you know, unfortunately, errant passes. So, um, you know, that Philadelphia Eagles front seven played a lot better than, he, you know, in this game that I've seen him play in the last couple of weeks. But um, defensively, they've been holding teams down. They've held down the same – I mean, they held down Atlanta Falcons. Um, was it to a 10 points, something like that? And um, or maybe a little bit more, but – you know, going into this um in this playoffs, they're um defensively they've looked very very good. And um, if I'm you know the Patriots, you have to be very concerned about the front seven because a front seven always gives Brady some problems. Now the Patriots, I was I was pulling for the Jazz, but I did predict the Patriots to win because it's hard to go against you know Captain America. But I know, <laughs> but. You know, you know what they say, what did Omar Fodawari said, you know, when you come for the king, you bet not miss. And, you know, if you got to put them down, you can't just play three quarters and expect to just, you know, you know, hope you win. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles played the win. The Jacksonville Jaguars are hoping they were going to win and was trying to hold on to the fourth quarter. One touchdown, one big play and touchdown by Blake Bortles could have ended that whole game, but. The offense went south. The defense was basically letting Brady do whatever he wanted to do. I mean, untouched on one drive. I think I see him pick the entire, you know, you know, secondary apart on one drive going down. And, you know, what can you say about the Patriots? It's just, uh. uh hey, I'm, I'm, I will say this. Uh, <sighs> I'm not – let me let me let's go this way. As far as the Philadelphia-Minnesota game is concerned, I think you have to give Philadelphia a, a ton of credit. Um, I hate to admit that, being as though that I also picked Minnesota. I wanted Minnesota to win, um, to, show, to host their – host the Super Bowl. I wanted to really see them do that. But in all honesty, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. Nick Foles did a, a remarkable job um, to to do what he did with that offense, and like you said, the defense is 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 very, very, very solid, very good, and hopefully they don't play the same way that they did with Minnesota than they do with New England. I hope there's some surprises there because if they play the same way, the Patriots is going to have them scouted to no end. Um, so I just hope that they do something or figure something out and play to win instead of just playing stay ahead. Um, don't put the, don't, don't ease up on the throttle. That's my only thing with Philly. Um, play like you're going, play like you're still down. Um, I think that would be the key for them to, to win the Super Bowl. Um, but I also say this, New England Patriots to me, and I was having this argument with someone else on social media. Um, their system, to me, I think is stellar, um, more so. And I may get a little bit slack on this, a little bit more so than Tom Brady itself. But I will say this, 
for him to be, I respect him for him to be in this position, the age that he's in. I gotta give him the respect that's due. And usually I don't do that, but I will give him that respect, the fact that he is here again. But I will also say that it seems as though that every card went their way. Just my opinion. Jacksonville Jaguars did lose this game because they didn't play the win, but it also seems as though that everything did go New England's way. Um, some, and I saw an interesting set about the, they only had one call, um, in that Jacksonville game, which I find still to this, I, maybe you can explain it more. I mean, maybe you guys heard more about it, but, has that ever happened where they had just one call in that game? Only one call. Not that I'm aware of, but um, I would like to think back off of one thing you did say as far as the Patriots organization being stellar. And I think that has everything to do with the fact that every backup quarterback that New England's had had success in that offense. I can't necessarily say it was with <laughs> interesting. I can't necessarily say it's with the uh, they've done well once they moved on to different teams. But they've had success. So you discount so you discount Garoppolo with what your boys right about now? Well, you know, I I can't say that Garoppolo isn't nice, but I mean, but look at uh, Jacoby Brissett. He did what he did well when he when his number was called in New England. Uh, Matt Castle played his way into a parlayed a big contract from Kansas City. Um, I think it has everything to do with the minimal minimalistic type offense, maybe. But the simplicity of the offense, maybe? I don't know. Or no, But no, I take that back because Ocho Cinco went there and couldn't seem to catch on to the offense. So maybe it's not that simplistic as it may <laughs> seem to be. But for whatever reason, quarterbacks thrive in that system. I don't know what it is. If it's just really quick reads and getting the ball out your hand really quickly. Um, but, yeah, like you said, you got to give props where props to do. Brady, uh, if you don't put your, your foot in, it, in his throat, and snap his neck when you get the opportunity. He's going to continue to slay and continue to win. So uh, as far as getting back to your initial comment, uh, Al, as far as how many teams that could go through a, a playoff game only get one call against them, uh, I've not seen that before, but obviously I guess uh, the Patriots played a pretty flawless game. I, which I totally disagree with that statement, but Obviously, based on what the rest are saying, it was a pretty clean game on this side. Yeah, I, I, and that was my point. That was that was my thing. Like it's just puzzling to me about that. But and the more I, I hear you guys talk about it, the more I'm starting to see that I that I think it's more the system than anything. Now, don't get me wrong; it doesn't discredit what Tom Brady does. But I think that the system itself is to the point where everything is so precise. And we had this conversation a while back about that because the Patriots have a system where, you know, it seems as though that it's fitting for – it's like a championship-type system 
where it seems as though that anybody, if Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback and he was able to come in and be, um, very, very, you know, convincing, um, to the point where he's now starting in with the 49ers. So just seeing how he was able to progress. And before it was even Tom Brady, there was, I believe it was Drew Brees who played and he also, um, did the same thing. So, you know, when then Tom Brady came into the mix when Drew Brees left. But the point I'm making is, is that I think the system, um, I think that system is very, 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 very stellar. And I give the system, you know, the credit. Bill Belichick's system works. Um, no matter who comes in, no matter who is brought into, you know, so many guys come into New England and they do remarkably well with the team. And then when they leave or if they leave, they go back and they go back to being, you know, like not so good, but, you know, average at best, good or average at best. So, you know, I just see that as very interesting. Yeah, I just want to correct you. Just a point of, just a point of order. It was a, um, um, Bledsoe, not Breeze that was in, that was in New England before, um, uh, while Bree was there. And I always tell Brock, I was like, the reason why the Jets stink is because it was the Jets' fault that Brady got in the game because they cracked Bledsoe's sternum, which put Brady in, and we know the story. So I blame the Jets on all of this, but not to get all the way off the tangent, but <laughs> I agree. I was surprised they got one call um, in that game. And I was also surprised at the pass interference, which wasn't a pass interference. I don't know what they were, you know, what they were, you know, Smoking when he saw that one. If anything, the dude pushed off right at the end, and he was oh, out of bounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did a patented Michael Irvin push off right at the end, and the ball was at least almost ten yards ahead of him, so it was uncatchable. But they, he played him tight coverage defense. Maybe he got a, a little hand on it, but I've seen that play you know, numerous times that same kind of contact and coverage down the field and no flag is thrown. And right. and they just launched the flag. Now the Gronk flag There's nothing you can do about that. By the letter of the law, yeah. That was a you know, you know, I see why they threw the flag. However, it wasn't intentional. The guy didn't leave the crown of his helmet. He was actually leading with his shoulder it was just that the way Gronk was coming down, his head was coming down. It was nothing a defender can do about it. He couldn't pull up. He couldn't stop. He couldn't drop. I mean, if he pulled up, maybe Gronk catch the ball. Maybe he doesn't. If he pulls up, maybe he blows out his, you know, ACL, MCL trying to do that. But it was just like one of those is like, yeah, he got it, but it wasn't like it was intentional and wasn't much he could do about it. He, he had to hit him. And put him out, but then I guess that credits, like you said, the system where Gronk goes out is, you know, number one guy. And yet, you know, they still get the job done with little Julian Edelman. And, um, really the Patriots have always interesting because they run two tight end sets all the game with no big name receivers. The last big name receiver that they had was Randy Moss. And that was years ago. Outside of that, they had a couple of receivers here. And they even have what you quote unquote call a dominant running back. I mean, I mean, Deion Lewis now, you had, you know, Corey Blunt, you know, you know, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt last year. And then who was a couple of years ago, um, when they won it? I want to say Dylan and somebody else, but, um, Corey Dylan, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's like the system just is conducive that you find the right personnel to put in that, you know, in that system and it works. I mean, but it all starts on the offense, starts and ends, you know, with Brady in that offensive line. <clears throat> I never I never understood why defenses don't jam the receivers more coming off the line. Especially in the break in the in the, uh with New England's offense where it seems predicated on a lot of timing and a lot of quick hitters. If you knock the dudes off their route a little bit, you know, it might throw Brady off where he might have to pump the ball or give the you know, the front the front four, the front three or front four or front front seven. Uh, a little bit more time to uh, get to the quarterback, but uh, yeah, Jacksonville was doing that for about three quarters. I mean, yes. you know, yes. the defense, the, the defense, that that front defensive line was getting in Brady's behind, and they was putting hands on um, Gronk and Edelman. They wasn't really doing much. I mean, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey and the other guy um, was really shadowing Gronk, and he didn't really get off at all. I mean, up until when he got hit and put out the game, but. I mean, they played a pretty good, solid defensive, you know, scheme against them, which is why I think Blake Bortles is probably not going to be back with Jacksonville. But they needed a another QB that can actually throw the ball because how are you going to sit there and just keep running Leonard Fournette with an eight-man front up there that wasn't even fearing a pass? I mean, they were so dying for a play-action pass, a nice play-action pass right down the seam, twenty yards with it, with an eight the um, Patriots defenses up, but. They kept pounding the ball, hoping he would break in. They stacked eight, nine men up at the box because they feared no pass from Blake Bortles. And that was the and again, they, they was playing, instead of playing to win, they was trying not to lose. And you can't do that with the New England Patriots. You, you, that's something, like, if anything, you would have thought that they would have learned that from last year's Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons. Like, they was playing to not lose the game and look what happened. You know, and that's why I, I truly hope Philadelphia take this as a, a, a sign and really study this as, you know, we need to play to win the game. Cause let's think about it. The, the Giants, when they play, when they played the Giants in the Super Bowl, they didn't play to lose. They played to win the game both times. So you got to get in that mindset. And I, like I said, I just, I really want, I, to be honest, I, I really don't want both, but if I had to choose, <laughs> if I had to choose, I would rather choose Philadelphia over New England. But you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, you gotta the Giants. The Giants' formula with Brady was you gotta hit him hard, hit him early, and you know, and he'll start. He'll start getting you know tap dance feet. And, you know, he's not gonna run. You don't have to fear him being mobile. He's going to stick in that pocket. He may move around a little bit, but you hit him hard, you hit him early, you start messing up the timing, and, you know, that that's it. And if the Eagles can do the same kind of pressure and defensive intensity that they did against Case Keenum, the Minnesota Vikings, they have a pretty good shot to win. Now, if they played them like how they played Atlanta Falcons, they're going to lose. Yeah, that's why, I mean – they need to play like they did against Minnesota, basically, more importantly, in the fourth quarter. Like, they can't do it three quarters and then be like, you know, how they did Atlanta in the fourth because it's just, you know, that's not going to happen. And I'm going to be honest with you, 
If I'm Philadelphia, I'm head coaches, I'm playing, I'm, I'm talking with the refs constantly, like making sure they know what's going on. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get with them to say, hey, look, this guy's doing this. I'm using every, everything I can in my power to make sure and secure that, you know, this is not just the average game, you know. Yeah, just like he said, I, and I agree, Ace, you gotta, when you get Brady down, you gotta, you gotta step on his throat and decapitate. Don't, don't let up. You got him down by, you know, you know, 15 or 10 points in the fourth quarter. Shoot at the 17. Shoot at the 24. Do not let up. When you got him down, you keep him down. I agree. Brady Bortles should have been that gunslinger he was back in college in that fourth quarter. Don't afraid to let a rip if you throw a pick. Your defense pretty much had your back the entire the entire season. Trust in your defense, but go out there with no fear. They had they had nothing to lose. They were playing with house money. The pressure wasn't on them at all. The pressure was totally on the Patriots. So, right. like you said, he should have went out slinging it. If he got picked off, like you said, defense was going to back him up. But go for broke. So, right. so, so here's the question: Do you think that that was more on the the coach? Um, for not putting their trust in Blake Bortles to continue. The... Okay. Because yes. if the coach had trust, the coach wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have kneeled the ball with 55 seconds left in the first half. He would have tried to go for a field goal. And that right there is probably the difference between them winning the game and losing the game. Not to say that they would have kicked the field goal, but if he would have just had some sort of trust in his quarterback to lead them down the field to get 40 yards or 50 yards. The Eagles did the same exact thing. They had the ball with like even less than fifty seconds left, and they went down and got a and got a field goal, mm-hmm. letting them letting them know that we came to play, and we gonna we gonna keep coming. Yep. yep. All right. Yep. So. All right. So then let's do this. Let's make um. Well, we got plenty of time to make the final predictions. I think we have one more week before we make the predictions for the Super Bowl. Correct. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wait a little bit before I make my, my prediction. Fair enough. Fair enough. On what? what somebody, uh, somebody hurt. <laughs> Why did somebody from Jacksonville step on Brady's hand? Huh? You know, like by accident, punch it while they're on top of the pile or something. You know, indiscriminate dirty play. You know, don't be, don't be obvious about it. You know, just kind of drop an elbow on the hand or something like that. <laughs> hey, I say, I, I was telling my friend because, at work, I was, I told my friend at work, somebody from Philly just say, hey, you know, take a late hit on Brady, you know, get the 15 yard penalty, but do it yep. in the first quarter where it don't, where it don't, doesn't do much for the game. But you know what? They put that crap, I guarantee they kick him out the game because it's Brady. And not only that, I think they would suspend him and kick him out for one year. Without paying. <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but. When you do, if if somebody ever done something like that to Brady, you really think that it'll be like a one game suspension? Like, I ain't saying that. I ain't trying to say being that blatantly intentional, but you know, you know, you you can you can take a half step and hit him, and then you may or may not get the flag. All right, so you take a a step or two, boom, flag. I say you take that. If you do that, put it in the backup or the third string, de tackle or something, <laughs> let him get kicked out, and then put the starter back in. And then go ahead and play the game. <laughs> Again, you really think that they just gonna let that slide? And I, they would find the team. They would find who you know. They would kick out the person that did it. They would find the team 
they would maybe lose a draft pick or something because of the Golden Boy status. Like, you really think that they just gonna just let that slide and the Golden Boy gets hurt? Hey, you, hey, you take the worst to probably get a flag and maybe a fine. But you know what? The Philadelphia Eagles should pay for that fine. But you know, know what it does? That puts that fear in Brady. And every time that dude coming off that line, Brady's gonna get happy feet. I've seen it happen before. You hit him hard to hit him early. He gets he gets very jumpy. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> and the last thing Patriots fan want to see is Brian Hoyer taking snaps in the Super Bowl for the Patriots. <laughs> no, I would not. Be, hey, if the, if we if, if I trust in the system, wouldn't be surprised if Brian Hoyer comes out and starts slinging it, <laughs> doing touchdown after touchdown. You know what that up. that. That 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 would be just their luck. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, exactly. It'll be their luck. If, if I mean, if 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 Tom Brady ever goes down, I think that they'll have something in place, just you know, as a backup. So, but we'll see. How, we can talk more about that um in upcoming weeks before we make our predictions. So, um, let's jump over to I guess the drama that is the NBA right now. Um, don't know if you guys are aware of what's going on, but there has been a lot of drama. Uh, of course, you talk about the issues with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the, the dysfunction, I should say, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the dysfunction with the Washington Wizards, uh, dysfunction with the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the Eastern and the Western All-Stars reserves has just been, just been, um, announced as well. Uh, so there's a lot of dysfunction all over. So I don't know if you guys heard, um, but let's talk, let's start off with the most important, not the most important, but the most, I guess, talked about, um, dysfunction, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers, who of course, um, I guess had a private meeting where the players were blaming Kevin Love, um, for their issues, um, and the reason of them losing. So I just want to get you guys take on that. Um, in, in that whole, the, the whole talk is, was that Kevin Love, um, during that game against the, that blowout game they had at, um, OKC, where OKC blown, blown them out, but beat them like 146 to 120 something. But the thing is, is that they said that Kevin Love wasn't, Kevin Love wasn't feeling well, some type of illness, so he left. Now, for what reports are saying that he left the actual arena and, I guess they was looking for him when the game was over and he wasn't in nowhere to be seen or nowhere to be found. So there was a lot of talk in the meeting that they was blaming Kevin Love for their quote-unquote problems that's going on with the Cavs. So let me get your guys' take on that. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. I mean – the Cleveland Cavaliers have a lot of problems, and it ain't and it ain't all Kevin Love. That team, as it sits right now, is at this particular point is not very good. Now, I'm not going to be that concerned right now. I will be more concerned if after the All Star break, at least a good month in after the All Star break, they're still looking like they are looking right now, because that blowout that they had against um, OKC. That was just how do you score a buck twenty five and you still lose for darn near twenty? That's ridiculous. I mean, there is no defense, and Kevin Love has always been a defensive liability, but he didn't let up a hundred and you know twenty something points. He didn't even let up a hundred points or even you know fifty 
you know, before halftime, I mean, he was actually quote unquote sort in the game. So defensively, they got problems up and down the board. Isaiah Thomas has not came into form yet. I don't think he will until very late in the season. But the problem is, Kevin Love was playing extremely well without Isaiah Thomas, and he was the known. He was the he was the set. He is the second option. There was no Kyrie. He was the second option. He knew it. The offense was starting to get more flowing through him. You bring in Isaiah Thomas, and you affected the flow. Now they're going to try to say he shoots with the second team, so now you're messing up Dwayne Wade's flow. The problem is Kevin Love and Isaiah Thomas don't mesh. You have three, you know, you have three people that need the ball in their hands, two people who primarily dominate the ball when they got it. This leaves Kevin Love out there. He's not, he, he's not Chris Bosch. He's not, that's not him. He's not going to be that outside stretch forward. He is what he is. And right now, I think that if I was Kevin Love, I, I wouldn't be traded. Actually, if this team right now, if they play straight up, if they were to play the Golden State Warriors, they would get probably beat, you know, in five games. Yeah, I guess what? Uh, I'll give King James at least one game. I'll give him that. But that's all he's going to get. But right he, now. He had a better squad with Della De, Nova, or De, with Delhi. They played harder. They were more aggressive, man. This team is a bunch of pansies, man. You trade, you have, either you trade Kevin Love or you trade Isaiah Thomas. And I don't think anybody right about now is going to take Isaiah Thomas. So your best asset to move around and get some pieces is to trade Kevin Love and you got to come off that Brooklyn Nets pick. Well, I said that last no, week. No, no, no. I think they should trade Kevin Love to to New Orleans for Boogie. They ain't going to take him straight up like that. Like I said, they're going to have to come off that pick if they want anybody's significance. No, not necessarily because I hear there's a rumor where they uh, – they try to grab Utah's guard for uh, Shumpert. And, uh, no, that's, that's Sacramento, um, George Hill. Yeah, for Shumpert and somebody else in the Santa second round. So, yeah, so it's not like they got to come off for the first round pick to get somebody halfway needs to. But I don't see how them getting another guard is going to help them. But then again, if, if, if none of their folks are playing perimeter defense, then and I guess a guard who likes to play defense. They need to get Delhi back. <laughs> now, yeah, I, 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 I said that that they haven't been the same without Delhi. I think Delhi yeah. had that toughness with him. Um, I think they, he would have been more. Sec- I mean, if Delhi was still there, I think they would have been more secure with him starting um, at this stage um, because of his toughness. Um, George Hill will definitely bring the toughness because he's a t- a def- he's a, a, a point guard defender. Um, but I'm sorry. I digress. I'll let y'all talk. Wow. Hey, you never know. Maybe they should try to see if they can if they can um pull uh pull Kawhi Leonard out of San Antonio because I don't think he wants to be there. But he hurt him. I don't think he's hurt. I think he just don't want to be. <laughs> that uh, well, that's uh, very debatable at this point. That would I I can never see Kawhi leaving San Antonio. That's just my opinion. If he ever leaves, to be honest, if he, the only team I could actually see him, and maybe that's just me being, you know, my team, but only way I could see him because he has a 
connection with Sean Marks in Brooklyn. That's the only team. I'm not saying that that would never, I mean, that would ever happen, but I'm just saying, I just don't see why Kawhi would leave because right now he would be, he is that superstar. And I don't, as much as those rumors are with, with Kawhi being not too happy with San Antonio, I, I still see Pop figuring it out just like he did with um, Aldridge. Because, um, you know, Aldridge wasn't happy in San Antonio until they had a talk. So, yeah, Aldridge was the man that was the man of the trade when he when he had that talk. Exactly, exactly. So I think they're gonna work that issue out. Um, as far as Cleveland is concerned, I, I'm I said this. I'm, I'm gonna say this. As far as Cleveland is concerned, whoever been talking or been complaining about Kevin Love on that team, they need to go because Kevin Love was the second best player outside of LeBron James. Everybody else that's on that team hasn't done nothing. I give Isaiah Thomas a pass because of his injury, but where where's your J.R. Smith? Where's your Tristan Thompson? Where are all these other players that supposedly to be the the the, the stars on the team? J.R. Smith went, was complaining that he wasn't the starter because Dwayne Wade was originally starting, and then he complained about that and got back his starting job. He hasn't done nothing. Tristan Thompson, who got paid all that money that LeBron got him that contract, is not doing nothing. Maybe because of that Kardashian curse, but he still hasn't done nothing. So, LeBron, is, does, does, does LeBron James have a, a no-trade clause? Yes. And they can't move him. Yes. Yes, LeBron James does have a no-trade clause. And that's why I'm saying, like, whoever this dysfunction is just what's crazy. And to be honest, I give blame to – I give partial blame to LeBron James because – out of anybody that's been he to be the King James, to be the so-called leader of your team, this should have been shut down a long time ago. If you start to think that people are talking about what Kevin Love did and they don't hold themselves accountable for their actions, they're not doing anything that's helping the team win as a whole. At least Kevin Love is scoring. He may be a defensive liability, but at least he's scoring. You know what I'm saying? He's providing points. Nobody else is providing points or defense. So you can't get mad at him for being a, 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 a the problem when it's actually them that's the problem. I, I just think that that's just so crazy to believe. that. And why is it that Kevin Off always the person that got to be the problem? And to be honest, why hasn't LeBron James stepped up and defended Kevin Love? Like, that should have been the biggest issue that I – and like you said, I'm with you. If I'm Kevin Love and seeing this, do I really want to stay with a team that's been dogging me from the jump and has not had my back from day one, although I helped you win the, the, the NBA championship? You know what I'm saying? That's why Kyrie did what he did because now it looks smart on him because he didn't want to be with this dysfunction. You know, he knew he knew all this was going to happen. I mean, it, it, you're right. It 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 um, lends more weight to what Kyrie was or saying or or saying without saying it why he left or why you know because he you you see it now and I mean you know it's you know people can rail about him weaving it why he want to um, play with King James well because he got all this messiness where where he goes it was in Miami and now it's in Cleveland. Correct, and to be honest, that's why I said I take I get 
LeBron James could easily shut this down. You know, he could easily say, hey, look, you guys are accountable for your own actions. Like, you can't blame Kevin Love because at least he's doing some – he's helping me. Like, he's providing some offense. Like, anybody else for this nature that – nobody has a right to complain. If anything, outside of LeBron James, Kevin Love should be the one complaining against this team, not the other way around. Well, if I'm Dan Gilbert, the owner of the team, you know, you know, you got to come down and be like, look, you need to, everybody need to, you know, shut, you know, shut the hell up, you know, and if you're going to stay with Ty- Tyron Lue, which I've heard that they may or may not swap out, you know, LeBron James needs to say, this is the guy I want to play for. But, but like you said, he doesn't really defend anybody. Only person he probably would defend was Dwayne Wade. Everybody else is expendable. So, but if I'm Dan Gilbert, what do you do? Because LeBron has made no, has made no emphasis that he's gonna resign. So he may bounce and leave you high and dry with nothing. So that's why I was saying, I, I that's why I was that saying, does he have a no trade clause? Cause at a particular point, I'd be like, if, if Dan Gilbert could trade him and he'll get a King Ransom back and be able to rebuild his squad. Could you imagine? Could you imagine James gets traded? <laughs> Can you imagine the story? <laughs> you know what? I I don't think anybody, but probably Dan Gilbert, probably will have the cojones to actually do that. Because if he walks, and he gets nothing, he gets nothing. Now you want to have that next pick, unless you, you know, you know, put it on a, as a trade bait. But if you want to get a Demarcus Cousins, you want to get an Anthony Davis. Even if you want to get a DeAndre Jordan out of, you know, out of the Clippers, the first thing they're going to say is, okay, we might take Kevin Love, but what about that Brooklyn Nets pick? Like I told you, Ace, if anybody, like I said, anybody of significance that can be an impact to help them, that, that, um, that pick is going to be in discussions. But see, the, the only reason they're not going to use that first round pick for, uh, for mid round, you know, mid, mid year tra- uh, trade is because, Dude, whoever they pick up is just going to be a, a rental. There's no guarantee that that dude will sit there and sign on for next year. So why would they take the why why would they want to take a Demarcus? You know, take a shot at trying to win the championship, and then not only do they not have the number one pick, they lose LeBron, they lose Demarcus, and now you're stuck with a a somewhat good IT Crowder as your building box as your for your team moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because your superstar player has your team paralyzed for the rest of the season until he decides what he wants to do. And as of right now, the Cleveland Cavaliers don't have many options because LeBron James has not emphatically said, I want to stay. Now, if he told him I'm staying, then you can, you can do a lot more. But since he hasn't told him anything, what, what, what can he really do? Cause no. like you said, like you, just like you said, Ace, they're going to get a temporary person. And if I'm going to the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James ain't resigning, why do I want to sign? That's why that's why Gilbert just needs to do nothing. I mean, let's be honest right. with you. LeBron James did did much of this himself. He's the one that got these players these contracts that they got. He's the one that got the team that he wanted. He didn't want the younger pieces. He wanted veteran players. So this whole ownership is on LeBron. All Dan Gilbert can do is just, I mean, if LeBron is not committing to doing, staying there, there's nothing else Dan Gilbert can do. Why would he try to do, go out his way to try and win it, you know, to get pieces in 
if he's not sure what the, LeBron is going to do to begin with. Like, if I'm him, I'm just going to stand pat. I'll keep that Brooklyn Nets pick and start to rebuild from there. I mean, they, this is, this is basically what they did. They, this is how it was constructed. You got to live by your consequences now. And you got one year left. If LeBron doesn't want to stay, it could have easily, if, like you said, if LeBron was committed to, 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 to staying with Cleveland or even another year, then you could make that this, okay, then maybe I could make that decision and give up the next pick. But if he's not making no commitment, why should you make a commitment to go after a trade for somebody mid, a, a major player, a major superstar, if he hasn't made that commitment? What would be the point? You're right. And all the rest of the NBA teams, you know, knowing that you're in a quandary that you are, if they're trying to, if they're trying to move Kevin Love, which I don't believe he's the problem, but he's the only asset you can probably move and get something in return, they're going to try to lowball you or at or ask you to give up that pick. And if you don't give up the pick, they're going to lowball you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Cleveland doesn't have no, no, no leverage on any trades that they have. They right. have no leverage whatsoever. And what makes it worse is because the fact is that they really don't have, I mean, they really are in their own, they're in their own way. That's really what it boils down to. They're in their own way. And they're not going to be able to do anything about it at this point. So all these talks about what what Cleveland should do, who they should get, about DeAndre Jordan, Boogie Cousins, you know, get Dame Limit, Leonard, Kimba Walker because he wants out of shot. All these talks <laughs> about all these superstars, they can't make any trades available for them to bring them to Cleveland. People need to understand that. I, it's funny that I see on social media how Cleveland fans saying, you know, we could do this, make this trade for Kimba Walker. Why would Charlotte make a trade for Kimba Walker? Who would they want from Cleveland that would say, oh, yeah, we'll give up Kimba Walker for him? Who would New Orleans say, oh, yeah, we'll give up Boogie Cousins for whoever is on your team? No one team, as far as I know, would say, I'm giving up my major superstar for whatever team players that you have outside of LeBron James because they're, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to give up Boogie Cousins for J.R. Smith. Like, who would do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm holding out. I'm holding out hope that Cleveland will get their act together. But um, my the thread that I'm holding on is uh, is slowly treading away. <laughs> <laughs> let me real quick. So, let me ask you real quick: Has it wavered that you guys still think that Cleveland is going to make it in the NBA Finals? Uh man, look, I'd just be happy if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals at this point. Because if if they have to play. See, my thing is, my thing's always been this. I, I, you know, I was conceding the fact that they'll probably lose a lot of games just because of the, it takes time to mesh. You know, but I always figured that in a seven game series, there's nobody in the East on paper that has a better team than them. But if they can't play defense, if they play defense like they're a, uh, a matador and they got the red, the red cape and they're just doing ole, just letting jokers just do what they want to do. How are they going to win? They can't stop a cold. <laughs> they can't stop a strong breeze. You know, they're doomed. So, 
if they play a, if they play the Wizards in the first round, yeah, they'll probably can make a pass for uh, the Wizards. But if they gotta play like a Toronto, a Boston, they're done in the second round. What about you, Toronto? Right? Toronto, no. Um, Boston. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, I'm not th- that overly concerned because, you know, it's yet. But once you get past All-Star break, when, you know, stuff, you know, gets real, if they're like a few weeks past the All-Star break and they're still playing this, then I'll have major concerns. But right now, I am not overly concerned. I think the big question mark is going to be if and when Isaiah Thomas starts to round in the form. I think if he starts to round in the close to what he was in Boston, then I think I'll give him – they'll make it to the Eastern Conference Finals probably with Boston. Then it's a toss-up at that particular point. But I'm not going to jump the gun yet and say they're 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 done. But, you know, they have a puncher chance with, with, you know, LeBron James and their teams always seem to, for whatever reason, come May and April, all, all of a sudden just, you know, come to life. So – I'll, like I said, I'm not concerned yet, but if you get to March going into April and they still playing crappy, then I'll, then I'll be very concerned for them. All right. Well, I already told you that. I think that, um, <clears throat> unless they make some type of change, I don't think Cleveland is going to make it in the Eastern Conference Finals. That was just my opinion. Um, I'm still sticking with it. I think that, uh, Maybe it's just me just wishing, but I still think that I, I know for a fact I'm pretty confident Boston um, has their number. And to be honest, the more I'm seeing Toronto play, I'm really starting to think that Toronto can get with them as well. Um, I don't outside of them. So I don't, you know, if it wasn't Toronto or Boston, then I would say Cleveland, despite their dysfunctions, um, I still have to see with them in the mix. Um, so we'll see how that plays out um, going forward. Um, I tell you, I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing. I don't want to think they want to see uh, OKC in the finals. Uh, to be but honest, then again, that, but then again, that could have been a blip on Saturday night. That's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking that was more of a caught off guard because it's rare that you see Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George all on the same page hitting their stride. Um, but I will say this. Golden State has some – they have some co- competition with Houston real quick. I really think that Houston I'm, – I'm, I'm starting to be a believer out of Houston, out, out of all the teams. I'm really starting to be a believer out of Houston. Uh, I think that that's I – can, I can see them in the Western Conference Finals depending on how that one, two, three, you know, seed matches up. Um. I think against Houston, I think that could at least go six, maybe maybe seven games. Um, I think that Golden State probably with the depth of their bench might be able to get them. OKC is the one that kind of would, would make me, you know, very nervous about them because they don't have an answer for Russell Westbrook once he gets going. Yeah, and now that he has that chip on his shoulder with the team that he wants – it would be very interesting to see what OKC does. But I agree with you. I think West – I mean, Golden State doesn't have an easy road, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But we could we could definitely talk more about that uh, next week's show. Um, but for right now, we're going to put a pause here and take a little break. And we want to end this 
podcast um, by saying thanks again to everybody that subscribed. Um, so, fellas, let everybody know where they can reach you at. Yo, you can reach me on um, Twitter, the gram, Snapchat at J-E-R-O-S-S-7-X. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Again, I am Al Qualls. Again, I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Google Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on YouTube as well. Um, please make sure you subscribe. Any questions, you know, feel free to 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 to, to ask away. Um, we definitely would love to hear your responses um, as well. So, but for right now, we're gonna say we're gonna we're gonna sign off. <laughs> we're gonna sign <laughs> off. So, so next time, you guys, take care. One love. Four. One. Oof. Fantastic.